0: Right, John chapter 6, we're, so as I said, we're beginning our series now, just a short series of the summer on some of the I Am sayings in the Gospel of John, and this morning, Jamie was due to be here preaching, uh, but he's sick, so do pray for Jamie that he gets well, um, but that means you have me again, and me again next week, um, but I trust we'll have different things to say each time. Thanks. It's a privilege, it's a privilege, so I, I love it as well. Okay. Chapter, John chapter 6, and um, we're going to pick it up in verse 22. The context is that Jesus has just fed the 5,000. Uh, if you know that, you know there was a, a boy with a, a, his lunch, bread, fish, multiplied. There was loads left over, uh, which says something in it itself, doesn't it, uh, about our God, that he's an abundant God. But anyway, he's just fed, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. And we're going to pick up the account in verse 22. I'm reading from the ESV today. Usually we preach from the NIV. Uh, They're both good, solid versions, but uh, the NIV is normally just a little bit more readable. But the ESV today does, uh, does this passage well. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Jesus is saying, you're not, you're not really interested in me. You're interested in, in what, what you can get from me, materially or physically. You're, that's what you're seeking. You're not really seeking me. You know, he was fed them yesterday. And, uh, you know, it was, it was fed full. There was food left over. And, and they go after him again. But he's saying, you're not, you're not really interested in me. You're after what you can get from me. You're after your physical and material need being met. Verse 27, Jesus continues, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. He's saying, folk, you need to raise your thoughts, raise your expectations. Simply having your stomachs filled and your, your material and physical needs met isn't enough. I mean, look at it. You were, you were fed well yesterday, he's saying to them, and, and here you are again, you're hungry. Yeah, he's saying you need to... to, to need more than that. You need more than that. They said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they're saying, Come on, Jesus, now now do as a miracle, prove to us that you're God. And they, they talk about this bit manna from heaven, that's referring back to the, the account in Exodus uh, 16, where the Lord provided manna from heaven each day for them to collect up and, and what well, for them to eat and, and so on. And uh, that's the reference there. Verse thirty-two, continue. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And they, they still don't get it. They're, they're, they're thinking with their stomachs. They're thinking materially, physically. I mean, we all know that to some degree, don't we? You know, if you're, if you're hungry, who, if you get hungry, find that you get a little bit cranky, a little bit crazy, you lose a little bit of perspective? Right? I mean, if you're a parent, you get to witness this firsthand most days. But all of us, you know, if we get, we get hungry, right, we, we, we get a little bit, little bit cranky. Uh, we lose perspective. We end up making some bad choices, don't we? But this is what happens when we, when we get hungry. because food, And food is a huge part of our, of our culture, isn't it? It's massive. You know, there's that, there's that phrase, you are what you eat you know and a number of years ago there was that film super size me wasn't there where this guy just for like a couple of weeks just ate nothing but mcdonald's and uh, at the end of it he you know uh, he wasn't in great shape uh, let's say but food is a huge part you've only got to turn on the tv and there's there's food channels there's uh, celebrity chefs there's cooking programs master chef there's all these different things that, you know and food is a huge part of our culture isn't it adverts commercials in our social lives, having having food is a huge part of our of our social life. Is it? Let's go out for dinner. Let's go out for food together. It's a massive part of our culture. And food, it can be a, a huge source of uh, of comfort, can't it? Of nourishment, of strength, of joy. It can bring us real pleasure, can't it? A good meal. And it brings us sustenance, doesn't it? It builds us up. It keeps us going. But it can also be it can also be toxic, can't it? People can, have, can develop very difficult relationships with, with food. Um, and, uh, but we all need it, don't we? We all need to eat. We all need food. We all need to eat regularly. And depending on, on how you eat, it, what you eat, it will affect you, won't it? It will affect you. If you eat too little, if you eat too much, you, there'll be consequences for most of us depending on what you eat, it might affect your energy, it might affect your health, it might affect your, your sleep, your feelings, uh, your emotions. I remember um, there's a, a restaurant uh, down at Riverside, a Brazilian restaurant called uh, Estabulo That's anyone been to? Okay, so it's just my kind of place. Jamie actually told me about it. And uh, it's one of these places where it's like a set price and... It's basically eat as much Brazilian steak as, as you can. And they just keep bringing it round, keep going, keep going. And you've got a little card, kind of green and red. And, and green means keep, keep it coming, keep it coming. And red is, there's, there's no more. And I've uh, been, been, been been twice. Um, it's not really Natalie's kind of place. Um, and, uh, and both times, you know, I, there is a salad bar, but I've, I've kind of... It's just, I didn't come here for this, and uh, so I've kind of skipped the salad bar and just gone for the for the for the red meat, and um, and, and it's being in the chips, and it's, it's, it was it was good, yeah, it was good. But both times, I've got home and uh, gone to bed, and, and woken up in the night, kind of, oh, you know, my stomach just saying, what have you done to me, you know? Um, but there's, there's that sense of it's consequences of what we eat, yeah, very real consequences of what we eat. Um, And food, it can be massively complex. I touched on it earlier. People can have difficult relationships with food. um, But my point is that when you eat, what you eat, how often you eat, affects us. Really affects all of us. If you're hungry, it's going to leave you weak. It's going to leave you lacking strength. It's going to leave you probably grumpy, lacking joy. And you'll lose perspective, a little bit like the the crowd did here in in verse 33. Sir, give us this bread always. We need it always. Now, give it to us. We're hungry. Yeah, They're, They're kind of missing the point. Jesus continues in verse 35. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you've seen me and yet do not believe. Verse that Glynis brought us earlier on. It just fits right in with what I'm preaching on this morning. It's great when the Lord does that. But but who among us likes to snack, right? During the day, we, we like to snack, don't we? Uh, maybe maybe your thing is kind of crisps or cake or, or chocolate, but, but we all like to snack. And uh, Thea, she's not here, so I can dig her out. So... Um, so we have our little girl Thea. There'll be times when she wants to snack. You know, she wants a cracker. If you've, if you've seen us here, you know, we're trying to sort of get through a meeting with crackers and fruit, and occasionally, and, and things like that, just to kind of get, get through the, the the morning. And it's like that. You know, if, often if you're a parent, maybe you're better at parenting than we are. But snacks they kind of get us through. They get 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 us through. But what can happen sometimes is that she can just snack, and there's no room for dinner. Now her favourite dinner is is salmon. I don't know, I don't know why. And she'll say to me, she'll say to me, Daddy, do you like salmon? And I'll say, No, no, I don't like salmon. I mean, I don't, who likes a fish that's been groomed and fed in a chemicals in a swimming pool? I, I don't like salmon. And I'll say, No, I don't like salmon. And she'll say, Oh, just try it, okay? And I'll be like, Oh, yeah, okay, I have tried it. But anyway. Anyway, but my point is she loves salmon. If you ask her what she wants for dinner, it's salmon. She could just eat salmon all the time. But what can happen is she can just snack on crackers and biscuits and, and stuff like that. And you can say to her, look, Thea, there's salmon for dinner. But she's not interested. What she wants right now is the, the cracker or the biscuit that, that is immediately available right now. Yeah, She's not thinking ahead that in an hour's time there's going to be an abundance of salmon and stuff. She's thinking, no, no, no I, the biscuit right now. Yeah, The biscuit right now. And the problem is that then, when the salmon comes... For dinner, and we sit down to have dinner. What happens? There's no room, right? Because she's had her fill of crackers and, and whatever else, and there's no room for the salmon. Uh, a bit like the folk here in verse 33: Sir, give us this bread always. It's kind of, I need the biscuit now, I need the cracker now, I need the breadstick now. It's that short-sightedness that, uh, you know, salmon, it will. To stretch the illustration, salmon, it will sustain her. It will build her up. It will nourish her. It will grow and develop her. It will satisfy her, albeit temporarily, yeah? Albeit temporarily, but it will do all of those things. A cracker and a breadstick and a biscuit will do almost none of those things. You follow? But because when we sit down to have the salmon, because we've smashed a few crackers and biscuits, there's no room. My question this morning, Is there room in your heart for Jesus? Is there room in your heart for Jesus? Or are you so busy snacking on things that that may satisfy for a short while, actually you've got no room for Jesus in your heart? Is it so full of other stuff that he's just reduced to a box, reduced to a, a, a part of your life because you're too preoccupied with other stuff, too preoccupied with self, too busy? And perhaps he's in your life because only really what you can get from him, materially or physically, you know. There's no real relationship there. It's just, oh, I think it's some kind of insurance policy or, or I, I can get this from him. But it's no real relationship with Jesus. And if, if that's you, you're just like the folk in this story. That's why they were chasing him around, for what he could do for them, for what they could get from him materially and physically. You don't really know him. You don't really love or follow him because it's not him you're seeking after, it's yourself. It's a bit like, it's the same problem, really, that's been going on since Genesis 3. It says that when, 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 Eve, when, Eve, woman, when Eve saw the fruit on the, the tree in the middle of the garden, she saw that it was, it was good for food. That it was good for food. I mean, food and wisdom, but, but good for food. You know, It, it was that, that sense of, oh yeah, that looks tasty. That looks appealing right now. But it wasn't. And what does Jesus say to these people? In verse 53, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. No life in you. If, if, you're, if you're reading that as, a, as someone who is not really having a relationship with Jesus, but is just has kind of a knowledge of who, who he is, but really you just, you're just seeking what you can get from him physically or materially, those, those words ought to scare you. They ought to terrify us. But if you're, if you're following Jesus as best you can, aware of your own flaws and sinfulness, but, but faithfully trying to pursue him, then, then, there's, then there's comfort in there because he knows us. But that's a very stark warning. If we're following Jesus and there's no relationship, it's just, well, this is what I can get from him, this is how he can meet my need, then those words ought to be a wake-up call to us. But for those of us that are faithfully trying to follow him, aware of our own flaws, he says this in 54, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true Drink. Of course, he's not speaking in a literal sense here. it's speaking of coming to faith in Christ. Faith that comes by, by Jesus God becoming a man, lived a perfect life that we couldn't live, died on a cross, take paying the price for our sin, being raised to life that we might be forgiven, set free, adopted, justified into his family, born again into new life, that we might have a new life in him. And verse 56, it says, whoever feeds on my flesh, so whoever's put their faith and trust in Jesus, whoever, whoever knows and follows Jesus and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. You could change that word. It, it, whoever uh, feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him or dwells in me and I dwell in him or remains in me and I remain in him. He wants to live in you and me. If you know and follow Jesus, that's the, the promise of the Holy Spirit over your life is that He comes to make a home in us. He comes to make His home in us, to dwell in us. And so I want to challenge us this morning. What are we, where are we feeding? What are we feeding on? When you're, when you're troubled, when you're worried, when you're lonely. Where do you go first? Do you go to... I mean, first of all, you, do, you, do you know Jesus? Do you love and follow Jesus? Or do you just know, just, just seek him for what you can get from him? Or do you know and follow him? First of all, do you know and follow him? What are you feeding on? When you're troubled, worried, afraid, lonely, where do you go? Do you go to friends first, perhaps? They're good. Friends are great in those situations. Church family, good in those situations. Do you go to food? I mean, it can be comfort, right, in, in a sense. Do you just go for distraction? Put the TV on or, or, or some sort of distraction. The, this, this, this situation I'm in right now, it's too, too difficult, too painful. Too, I, I can't work it out. I just need something to distract me. Or we can go to the bread of life, the source of life, the one who is able to supply your very deepest need. Very deepest need, whatever you think you need in those in 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 every situation. You know these folk thought they need their their stomachs filling with food in that situation. But whatever you need in whatever situation, your very deepest needs he can meet. Yeah, he can meet. What is your greatest pleasure? Your perfect day. You know, if you could think, oh, what I could just write out a day, plan a day that would just be my perfect day. Perhaps your favourite meal, money no object, the finest wine. He's better than all of those things. Jesus is better than all of those things. Yeah, he's, he's not, And it's not just better in a moment, its it satisfies. It satisfies. And the fact he makes his home in us means that we get to go on feeding from the bread of life. We get to daily get, live on the bread of life because he makes his home in us. When we, we try and teach the kids to say grace at home, and uh, it's, it works with mixed success. Sometimes it's just going, to, thank you, Lord Jesus, I'm in, head full of salmon. And, but but it's that, that the point of grace isn't just sort of a, a ritual. It's the point of it is maybe there's this, if you like salmon, let's say salmon, or Brazilian steak in front of you, it's saying, thank, it, it, basically it's saying, this salmon is good, or this Brazilian steak is, is good. It's great. It's fantastic. But how much better is Jesus? Yeah? Thank you, Lord, for this food. But how much better is Jesus? That's what, that's what saying grace is. It's, it's a reminder to ourselves. Yes, thank you, Lord, for this food in front of us. But how much better are you, Lord? How much better are you, Lord? How much, how much more sustaining? How much more joy is there? How much more nourishment? How much more fruit and joy is there in knowing you, Jesus, than in this steak or salmon? Maybe you fear you're just not worthy, you know? Why would, why would he feed me? Why would he allow me to feed on the bread of life? Why would he die for me? Maybe you think, oh, if he knew what I was really like, well, he does. He wouldn't accept me. He wouldn't receive me. He wouldn't feed me. In verse 37, he says, Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Whoever comes to me, he'll never cast out. What a reassurance that is, that whatever we've done, whatever mess we've got ourselves into, if we come to him, he will never cast us out. Verse 57. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whomever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died, Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Let us be those that are feeding on him. Yeah, Not not chasing after things of this life that will, will not satisfy. Career, money, relationships. Those things aren't in themselves bad. But let us not be pursuing those things, looking for satisfaction and sustenance and fruit from those things. Let us be those who feed on the bread of life on him, on his word. Let us eat spiritual food that will do us good, that will build us up, that will nourish us, that will strengthen us, that will satisfy us, that will bring in joy in far more measure than any other physical food or anything else of this world can. That's what's on offer from Jesus. That's what he offers us this morning. Let's pray. Joe and the bands, can you come back up and we're going to respond. Shall we stand? We're going to take communion. What a... Uh, Obvious link in this passage to taking communion together. If, you're, if, you, if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, then this is for you. If you wouldn't, you're not sure, then uh, leave this one out. This is really for those that know and follow Jesus. But as we, as we take the bread and the wine in this next song, it's a moment where we're saying, Lord, I, Lord, forgive me where I've got stuff wrong, but I want to feed on you. I want to feed on you. I want to follow you. I want to feed on your words. I want to find my delight, my meaning, my significance in you, not in anything else. And so as it comes, I encourage you just to, to receive the bread and the wine as it comes round, to so lean into him, to go to him with whatever, whatever situation you face right now. it's so easy for our hearts just to to get full of other stuff and i think i feel this morning he just wants to sweep some of that away and say i need i need i'm not taking a, a small room in your heart a small place in your heart i want all, i want all of you because i gave all of myself for you And so I want to wanna pray that just by his spirit he just come and do a work in our hearts, clear out where we filled it up with other stuff, other stuff that doesn't nourish, that doesn't satisfy, that isn't pure. Let's just pray that invite his spirit here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that the that you died on the cross for us, that you gave yourself. For us. That you know our flaws, you know our weaknesses. You know how our hearts can can just get filled up with other stuff. And, and this morning I want to I want to pray. We want to seek you and just say, Lord, come and come and cleanse our hearts afresh this morning, Lord, come and clear away the other clutter that has, has kind of swamped our hearts. We want to make make more room for you. In our hearts. We want to single, single-mindedly chase after you, follow after you. I thank you for that promise that we're never going to be sent away, that you welcome us, Lord Jesus. You accept us. You love us. In spite of what we've done, That because of your work at the cross, we're freely accepted. So Holy Spirit, we just say, come and do a work in our hearts. Come and change our hearts. creating in us a, a hunger for you, for more of you, Lord Jesus. We want to be those who, who single-mindedly feed on you the bread of life, that nourishes, fulfills, brings joy, brings satisfaction, growth, strength. Only you can do that, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to do a work in our hearts this morning. Those that, that have been pursuing you for what they can get from you, but not not for who you are, not for what you've done. I pray they just know that that calling of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit on their lives this morning, the way the Father just calls them, and says, "Come, come to me, come to me, come, Holy Spirit." We pray.